There's no better time to say I love you. And the most hated jeweler in America is at it again. You've heard us say I hate stevensinger.com and you've heard us rave about his famous roses. But Steven Singer has been selling diamonds and bridal jewelry for four decades. Whether you have someone or something to celebrate, Steven is there for you. Ready to take the next step? Steven has a ready for love engagement ring collection that is no hassle, no risk, expertly picked engagement rings that are ready to go. Don't worry, Steven won't let you mess this up. He's been selling online for over two decades, but recently he's kicked everything up a notch to better serve his friends and guests online. Steven has real expert jewelers on staff and on call to help you find the perfect ring or gift through a new virtual video appointment, a call, a text, a chat, an email, and all of this with extended hours. On top of that, he offers the best guarantee in the business with a full 100 day, 100% money back guarantee and free shipping. Interest-free financing is available online too. And that's just the beginning gifts that say, I love you every single day, backed with decades of experience in the comfort of your own home. It's easy. Just go to, I hate fast, free and safe shipping. Of course, it's Steven Singer Jewelers. That's I hate Steven Singer.com. Hey everybody. Thanks for checking out the podcast. We greatly appreciate your support, but before we get started, I wanted to tell you about a success story. I wanted to tell you about my friend, Carl up in new Boston, Michigan. He listens to our pods every week and he heard me talking about how I might be able to help him out. So he hit me up over at SaveWithConrad.com. He just closed last month and he left us a five-star review and he had this to say. Not only did we save over $100,000 on our mortgage by removing several years off of it, he also saved us a few months of payments. In follow-up, Conrad and Steve are super helpful when I had additional questions. You can't go wrong here with Save With Conrad. Definitely worth the call to understand what your savings could be. Take Carl's word for it. He saved more than a hundred grand. What have you got to lose? Be like Carl. Go to SaveWithConrad.com right now and find out how much money you can save for free. You don't need perfect credit. You don't need money out of your pocket. And if we can't help you save some cash, we won't waste your time. But because we're licensed in more than 40 states, we can help more families than ever before. Why not you? Why not now? Go to SaveWithConrad.com and find out how much money you can save for free. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lender. Oh, and did I mention no house payments for two months? Get a quick quote right now. You'll thank me later and you'll be glad you did. SaveWithConrad.com. Hey, it's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to Arn. And of course, we couldn't be here without the master of ceremonies, the founder of the Four Horsemen, Double A, the Enforcer, the Hall of Famer himself, Arn Anderson. Arn, how are you, man? Hanging in there, bud. How are you? Man, I'm excited to be here with you. We had a great show last week with uh, a big pay per view, Battleground 2015. Of course, you know what that means. We're back today with hashtag Ask Arn Anything. And uh, if you'd like to ask Arn literally anything, this doesn't get any easier. Just go follow us at the Arn Show. And when you get over there, you'll see a pin to the top. There's your chance to ask Arn anything you'd like. And uh, we do want to go ahead and give you a bit of a heads up that we've just also dropped a bonus episode over at adfreeshows.com where we watch war games from 1987 
And that's gotta be one of the more iconic moments in your career. Would you agree? Very career defining. I would say hard to argue, man. It's uh, it was, we didn't know what to expect. <clears throat> we knew all the players were in place. We knew the angles were in place, but it was, um, it was a brand new concept and, uh, we had to try it on to, to see how it played out. But obviously it, it, it worked 100%. Yes, it did. And, uh, we hope you guys are digging it. Check it out right now. It's exclusive to adfreeshows.com. We got a ton of questions here. Let's jump into it. Uh, Ryan wants to know what was the best piece of advice you were given in the locker room, starting out that you would still give to new talent you're working with today. Paul Orndorff pulled me aside at the gym and, uh, I was teaming with Matt Bourne at that time and working for, uh, Ole Georgia championship wrestling and Paul Ellering was our manager. And for some reason, Paul took a liking to me, pulled me aside, you know, and said, I noticed that, uh, you're getting to the gym every day. Good. Saw you guys promos. Of course, you got Paul doing most of the talking and all that. He said, let me just tell you, he said, if you stay in the gym, keep your body right, you learn how to talk, and you learn how to work, they can never, ever deny you in this business. But you have to at least get a firm grip on all three of those. And, uh, I never forgot it, which means there's three different areas that you need to, to work on in this business. And you at least need to be adequate at a couple of those to keep a job. You don't have to be Excel in all of them, but you gotta be pretty, pretty decent at all of them. And if you're say you got a great body and you can talk you're going to have a job. If you've got a great body and you can talk and you can work, you're going to be in that upper 1% megastar uh, situation. So that was the best advice that uh, it was, you know, pretty self-explanatory that I ever got. And I tried to, to uh, listen to it and uh, always adhere to it. Let's uh, let's get to another question here. This is a, an interesting one. This is from Bart and he says, not factoring your final injury. Do you think your overall health is better today because you retired when you did instead of taking bumps for eight more years? And this is an interesting question because these days, and well, heck for a long time, wrestlers have been wrestling oftentimes into their fifties, but I've even heard a friend of ours, uh, pretty well-respected, uh, top guy say, wrestler prime is from like 35 to 42 and you had to step away when you're 38, 39 years old. Do you think that your overall health today is better because you retired earlier? Well, Conrad, to be honest with you, it it was taken out of my hands. The first two times that I cracked a vertebrae in my neck, it was a single crack and a single vertebrae. 
And I had, you know, like my arm shut down for a period of time and then my rear delt on the other side the second time and my tricep disappeared. But I was able to rehab those back. The third time when, uh, when the injury occurred and I don't even know exactly where, what was the tipping point, but I've told the story of going in Gold's gym and all that. And my hand just died on me when, when that occurred and I had no use of my left hand and I went in to have all those tests and, uh, went to my chiropractor who was one of my best friends and was my chiropractor probably for 25 years. Um, he said, I can't help you this time. you got to have surgery. When a chiropractor tells you that, because they're in different fields of endeavor and they kind of work against each other, but I trusted them and I went and had the battery of tests and the MRIs and all that stuff. And the doctor said, it's like this, you know, we got to go in there and get these nerves released and get some of that damaged bone out. If not, you're going to lose that hand. Now, when he said lose that hand, I thought he's talking about amputation. And uh, say what? He said, "Well, you're going to lose you. You know, you're not going to be able to use that hand. You're going to be very, very weak. You know, we're not going to amputate it, but it's, you know, it's going to be very weak right now. You have the use of a couple of fingers, you know, and I'm trying to save that for you. So, but you got to have the surgery." Um. And uh, so it was taken out of my hands after the surgery and the doctor went in there and, you know, he, he, he said, uh, when I woke up, he said, never forget those words. I, I woke up and his face was the first thing I saw and it was right in my face. And uh, he said, Mr. Lundy, <clears throat> I know I've hurt you. Doctors don't say that. Right. He said, but you got a big, thick neck, and when I had to cut through all that muscle, when I got in there, the, the damage was like five, six, seven, and T1. He said there was so much damage, and all those shock absorber uh, bones that ran down protecting your spine, you know, there was a lot of them cracked and damaged and stuff. By the time I got all that cleaned out, he goes, you know, I couldn't fuse it. It's just too big an area to fuse because then it would have started operating like a single unit and damaged the couple of vertebrae I had that weren't damaged. So once he explained it and realized what he had to do, he says, you know, you're going to have more range of motion. Uh, You're not going to have that gravel going on that's been going on in your neck for years. He said, but you've got to understand You don't have any protection back there. You cannot get whacked in the back. You can't go water skiing. You can't play pickup basketball. You can't do any of those things that you might want to do that are just everyday things. You're done. You know, you can do normal stuff. You can still lift weights. You can work out. You know, you can go swimming. You can do some of that stuff, but you can't do anything excessive. So it was taken out of my hands which may or may not have been better for my mentality. Um, If you don't have an option, you don't have an option. Um, So I just, I listened to all the, you know, the experts. And uh, he also, you know, 
hit me with one of those lines I'll never, you know, forget. He says, you know, if you go back here and try to wrestle, you're going to go too far right away. And once you've went too far, it's too late. I can't fix it. So the question I, I asked you is, do you want to spend the rest of your life, you know, walking, or do you want to spend the rest of your life rolling? And uh, which meant a wheelchair. And I said, done. I'm done. That's it. Ken Sloan wants to know, Andre the Giant was known for drinking. How long did it take for him to pee? I don't know. I never went to the shitter with him. <laughs> it is an interesting question though. Cause we hear, oh, he drank 12 bottles of wine and 60 beers. And it's like, man, he's going to have like the world's biggest bladder, a lot of back and forth or well, a mess below him. I was just guessing. And you know, number one, when he got up and went to the bathroom, I'm sure if you were in there, you cleared out. Yep. You gave him full reign. Um, but I would suggest he was one of those guys that probably did quite a bit of his drinking before he ever pissed the first time. And I would suggest, uh, it was a long, steady stream. Uh, let's move on. Bob wants to know all these years living in the South and traveling all over. I gotta know that you talk about it all the time. Comes to Bojangles, what's your go-to meal? From Bojangles. Well, I'm a fried chicken stooge. Who's not? Who don't yeah. like fried chicken? Everybody I you know. know. Do you know anybody? Never met a person who didn't like fried chicken. No, but I tell you what, I'm a, I'm a, if we're talking breakfast time or not necessarily, sometimes I like breakfast for dinner, but I love the sausage and egg. Biscuits, no cheese, sausage and egg biscuit. It's my favorite. Side order, side order gravy, not to cut you off. Better throw this in. Side order gravy for dipping pur purposes. What's the heat with cheese, Arn? I don't give a shit about having cheese on my meat. <laughs> you don't want a cheeseburger? What's wrong with you? Hamburger, hamburger. It's not cheeseburger. Here's the thing that frustrates me. You can now you go because everybody's on your team, Conrad. Everybody's pro cheese. You actually have to go through a drive-through and order a hamburger and tell them no cheese, other than it being you should say, and I would like cheese, please. And that was the option. The option is to not have cheese on it. That makes sense. If you don't say double with no cheese, please, and tell them two or three times before you get to the window, they're going to put cheese on it versus having a hamburger and having to ask for the cheese. You're silent. Well, because it's all nonsensical. I, I don't understand the heat with cheese, but we do have a follow-up question here. Jordy P wants to know stupid question, but does Arn like pizza? It seems like the man doesn't eat cheese, but if he does eat pizza, what's his favorite topping? I know what it's not, not cheese. You have to have a certain amount of cheese on that. And I'm not a big pizza eater. Let me put it to you that way. 
not to piss off the pizza-eating fans out there. We have a place called Brooklyn Pizza here. Now, the crust is crispy. I've asked them to go light on the sauce, and they have, for the meats, they have sausage, ground beef, mushrooms, and onions. Light on the tomato sauce, thin crust. That would be the major leagues of pizza in my mind. Uh, Joe D wants to know who does Arn think were some of the more underrated promo guys during his era, both as a wrestler and as an agent. Did I just piss you off with that last question? Cause you did not respond. No, I mean, listen, I, I, I can't wrap my head around how you like cheese on pizza, but you don't like cheese on a cheeseburger. I know you keep saying hamburger. But God damn it, Arn! Everybody eats cheeseburgers, and you're you're like this lone guy out here pushing against the cheese. Let the cheese get over. I mean, do you eat cheese? You don't eat cheese in omelets. Do you even eat nachos? Have you had nachos with cheese? When you take the family to Mexican, them kids want queso dip. I know they do. Are, are you not? I mean, are you just? I don't understand your hate for cheese. What's the heat with cheese? Can you hear me way over here? I can, but here's the thing. I thought for a minute you were going to be a smart ass about some sort of caloric intake, but then you tell me when you go to Bojangles, you dip the shit in gravy. So that ain't it. You just got heat with cheese. I'm all the way across the room now. In case you want to come through that microphone. <laughs> I, if I sound distant, I'm way over here. You just blew. <laughs> you just blew a gasket, dude. Cheese is good on a cheeseburger. It's not a hamburger. It's a cheeseburger. No cheese. Got to be frustrating to be married to you. Cheese is the last thing on her list of hating me about. (laughs) Well, I'm just wondering, like, you know, I know that Aaron can cook and the idea that she's got to make two lasagnas, one with without cheese. Cause of your hillbilly ass. It's just weird. Let, all right, let me give you an example. So uh, I'm going to sound a little wishy-washy. She makes a dish, chicken and broccoli casserole. That's got right? cheese in it. It's got to have cheese in it. It definitely has cheese, but the cheese is not featured when you put, <laughs> when you put cheese on a burger, it overrides <laughs> It overrides the taste of the burger. So you like your cheese. Like you like Larry Zabisco standing on the outside, waiting for the tag. That's a great analogy. There you go. And he'll be one of those guys, just like the cheese that will never, ever get tagged in. (laughs) Uh, Dan wants to know if FTR were to face Arn and Tully, who would be the face team uh, or would it be a case of which team can out heal the other? Well, we could start off as the heels, but I'm sure pretty quickly they would be. Don't you think? Well, that's the thing. I think fans would want to, I mean, if, if you guys could suit up one more time, you'd get the nostalgia pop, but then they'd be cheering for those guys. But yeah, I think they could, they could turn the audience getting the heat on you guys, as they say. Well, I, I wouldn't even consider it being now. Because what, what would have to happen if we had the match now is I literally would have to stand in the middle of the ring and they would just have to bounce off of me. (laughs) I'm totally immobile. 
There's no better time to say I love you, and the most hated jeweler in America is at it again. You've heard us say I hate Stevensinger.com, and you've heard us rave about his famous roses. But Steven Singer has been selling diamonds and bridal jewelry for four decades. Whether you have someone or something to celebrate, Steven is there for you. Ready to take the next step? Steven has a ready for love engagement ring collection that is no hassle, no risk, expertly picked engagement rings that are ready to go. Don't worry, Steven won't let you mess this up. He's been selling online for over two decades, but recently he's kicked everything up a notch to better serve his friends and guests online. Steven has real expert jewelers on staff and on call to help you find the perfect ring or gift through a new virtual video appointment, a call, a text, a chat, an email, and all of this with extended hours. On top of that, he offers the best guarantee in the business with a full 100 day, 100% money back guarantee and free shipping. Interest-free financing is available online too. And that's just the beginning gifts that say, I love you every single day, backed with decades of experience in the comfort of your own home. It's easy. Just go to IHateStevenSinger.com. Fast, free, and safe shipping. Of course, it's Steven Singer Jewelers. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. What's funny is uh, Bruce Pritchard on Something to Wrestle has told the story of working house shows and going around the loop in 89 when he was Brother Love and he would be involved with Sensational Sherry. Uh, maybe it was 90. And, uh, Macho King, Randy Savage, while they were working with Dusty and Sapphire. And he said the Dusty in that era would just put his elbow up and tell Bruce and Randy, come find it, which I just think is hilarious. The idea that he just puts his hand on his head, his elbows in the air and just says, come find it. And he says, we're just flying all over the place. His feet never moved. Just come find it. And I think that's tremendous. And you know what? If Bruce Pritchard and Randy Savage could do that for Dusty, I bet FTR would be happy to do that for you. Well said, well said. And as far as running into Dusty's elbow, I'd give a million dollars to be able to do that. And I bet you I could still do that. Man, it's, uh, I, I, it's hard for me to watch AEW all the time and not think about how much would Dusty be loving this shit with Cody and Dustin running around and then old pals like you and Jim Ross and Tony Schiavone and Tully, he'd be eating this up. Would he not? Yeah, he would. And you know what? I can't, I can't believe that he's not sitting up there watching it right now. It, uh, it would have been great having him sitting there beside me and watching the kid do his thing. Him and Dustin are doing a great job with this company. And it's, uh, I'm sure he is so proud of him. but you know, Dusty walking around the room, you know, was just, it lighted, it was, it would lit the room up. It really would. It would, it would just light the room up. I think we need one of your old school Arn Anderson checkup from the neck ups here. Tyler hunt writes, I've sent in lots of questions. None get asked, but you have people that are regulars as a longtime listener. It's disheartening. You got any words of wisdom here for Tyler Arn? Be persistent, Tyler. You're in that situation like I was for years and years and years waiting on my first win. It never came, but today it came. And uh, there's the reason, and, and, you know, I just want to throw this out to all the listeners. You know, Conrad is uh, the gentleman that suggests how we steer the ship because he is so in tune 
to everyone that that follows us and and uh, makes us successful. And you know, he would have to have thousands of requests for the Q and A's to to do these every other week, and we're doing it to try to get every single question. You know, we can't do but so many on a given week, but we're trying to get every one of those answered. It's not that we're dodging you. It's not that you're just not as important as anybody else. We just now got yours. And uh, thanks for your patience and keep them coming. If your name pops up, we'll get you in the rep, you know, back in the rotation a lot quicker and just bump you up. Sorry you feel that way, but it's not on purpose. It's just that we're trying to get all those questions answered because there's a big demand for it, to my understanding. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I do want to give a pro tip. If we have a tweet where we're asking for you to drop your question below, please do, because I often find myself finding that thread. There's hundreds of replies, and I can have my pick. And when I click on Tyler's profile, I see where he's been tweeting directly at the show, not necessarily replying to the initial request for questions. So, that's a minor tweak. If you're wondering, Hey, why is Conrad never answering my question? I might not have seen it. If you just tweeted at the show and didn't reply to that tweet, but I did click on Tyler's and he does have uh, a fun one here. He says to the best of your knowledge was wrestling David flair on thunder in 2000, your last match. And what are your thoughts on that? Well, and it was, and you know what? <clears throat> a crime was committed that day. Actually. Again, I was never cleared. I went back uh, one time earlier than that and flew all the way from somewhere uh, right outside of Chicago home to try to get cleared to do a little something on the show. Uh, And the doctor told me, like he told me the last time, Arne, you're never going to get cleared. So I was never cleared. I got to TV that day and... uh, Russo said, I need you to work, you know, would you work a little match with David Flair? And I said, well, I'm, I, Vince, I mean, Jesus, I don't, I don't, I'm retired. I don't have, you know, I'm not medically cleared. I don't have any gear. I mean, I'm just, you know, I'm here doing my job as, as, as an agent. He says, well, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be real, real long. You know, Dave could really use a shot in the ass and da, 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 da. And all those things, and uh, and I just decided, okay, you know, hey, send a runner, go get me some tennis shoes, get me a pair of black sweats. I'll borrow a pair of knee pads, and I'll go out there and that, and I'll have a short match if I that I can control. Da 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 da. da. And uh, God, if Aaron would have known about this beforehand, she would have went ballistic. So the deal was he had the female young lady with him, Daphne. That's right. At the time. The deal was she had a vase, and uh, we were going to have a distraction. Uh, The other guy, Crowbar, that was with that group was going to slide in or something and get involved, and in came Daphne, and she was going to hit me in the head with a vase, and that was going to be the finish. Well, I didn't know she was going to hit me in the neck. Thank God it was gimmicked, didn't hurt me, but could have been. So that was one of those situations that I was interjected into a match. Literally, that day, I hadn't worked in years. And uh, 
it was just a really weird deal. And I went back and watched it. It popped up on YouTube here a while back and I went back and watched it. And it was just one of those things that, Hey, there's another case of uh, not knowing you could say no. So I went along with the program. Thank God nothing got worse. And uh, that was my last match. Tyler Hunt wants to know, was there legit heat between Scott Steiner and Ric Flair? I think we know the answer is yes. The question is, what was the heat, Arn? Do you know? Uh, I've heard different stories, you know, rumors. That, sure, there was definitely heat there, but I think, you know, Rick had a match with Scotty on a big show, Clash of Champions maybe. Or, yeah, that sounds right. And it had some time involved, and apparently Scotty didn't like the match, and he felt like Rick held back or – tanked or something, you know, and this is just stuff that I've read. I never had the conversation with either guy, but he just, there was like a conspiracy in, in somebody's mind one way or the other. I don't know how it went down, but the match was not what either one of them wanted to be. And I think they carried that and it just built and built and built. And when you're the booker and Rick was the booker, sometimes you're always going to have enemies and you're going to have a few confidants and, I think it was just one of those situations. I, um, I think Lance storm may agree. He, he wrote a whole blog about this. The match, by the way, is from clash of the champions, uh, in Gainesville, Georgia. It's called Dixie dynamite clash 14, January 30th, 1991. Uh, I think this is, uh, the first clash after WCW had officially left being a part of the NWA. And it's also a start of the new booking regime headed by dusty Rhodes, Who's fresh off of his WWF run. But on top, we've got something a little different. It's Ric Flair defending his world title against the tag team wrestler, Scotty Steiner. That's kind of interesting to look back at, but even Lance, who obviously watches wrestling different than you and I, the listener do, cause he sees it through wrestler eyes, probably like Arn does. Uh, Lance would write whenever the match would feel like it's starting to pick up for Scotty, Rick would cut him off. There were several instances where you could tell Steiner was trying to set up his trademark offense and Rick would block it or shut it down. Rick also dominated a much larger portion of this match than I think in any match I've ever seen him in before. This may have been subconscious because he was the one feeling the pressure of the office, wanting his run on top to come to an end and wanting to prove them wrong in any event. I feel like Scotty got his legs cut out from under him. It was a decent match, but not great and went to a TV time limit draw. There were very few near falls and Steiner only managed to get one of his big moves in, which didn't even get as far as a two count. And then flair rolled out of the floor immediately after taking it. The end result was flair staying on top and Scotty goes back to being a tag team wrestler with his brother, Rick make of that what you will. So that's Lance's breakdown. And I'll be honest. I knew they had heat, but I assumed it was from sort of the nitro era, not going all the way back to 91. And we should mention this is the very end of January 91 and just a handful of months. Uh, Rick's out of here. Rick's quitting and going to the WWF. So he's clearly not getting along with Jim Hurd. overall. 91 was probably just a tough time to be in WCW. Was it not? Yeah. Everybody was jockeying for positions and they had a moron running the company. You know, Jim Hurd did a lot of, a lot of bad things. And it was just because he had no knowledge of what we do. 
he he had no more business being in that seat as you taking me out to to an air force base and put me in the the driver's seat of an f-16 and say okay have at it i'm no more qualified to do that than he is to run a wrestling company and there was probably a lot of things that got you know screwed up and i'm sure because i know heard liked the steiners a lot you know he liked luger and sting a lot he liked that look and who wouldn't you know look at those guys for god's sakes and i'm sure after the fact jim heard probably stirred it up with scotty you know because he was pro scotty and trying to get rid of flair and all that who knows what went on behind the scenes to make this bigger than what it was um it just didn't work out to be as good as it could. I know that. And, uh, you know, you'll have to ask the two participants what their slant was before you'll ever get close to the truth. We just get rumor and into innuendo. And you know how that is in the wrestling locker room. Every time it gets told, it gets bigger and flames up more. Yeah. It's the old, uh, telephone, telegram, telewrestler. Yeah. Uh, RJ Krasinski writes in, who is somebody that you didn't work with that looking back on it now, you wish you would have had a program with. Hmm. There's not too many I missed. Um, never got to work with Bobby rude, who I'm a big fan of. Never got to work with Ray Mysterio. Big fan of Ray's. Um, never got to work with Mr. Perfect. Big fan of his. Those three come to mind. You know, I'm sure there's a lot that I missed. Never got to work with Kane. I would have enjoyed that, I think. Um, that's about it, I think. Let's, uh, let's get to another fun question here. Uh, this is one that I think you might struggle with a little bit. This is from David. He says, who gives the best spine buster with the one legged plant and torque like you did. And here's the part you might not like who gives the worst one. Hmm. Oh, it's not in your nature to say things that aren't nice, but occasionally you've got to see a spine buster. you like, Oh, I wish he wouldn't have done that. If he's going to do it like that. Well, everybody that was smart put their own twist with it. You know, Simmons was a spine buster, but looked like something entirely different. Yes. And it was definitely a kill shot. You know, I can I can tell you the guys that did it really well. Hunter did a very good one. Yep. Bob, Bobby Roode, very good. Uh, Rhino, very good. Um Who's what's what was the guy's name? Adam Rose. Oh yeah, he good, did a good one. Excellent spine buster. Um, you know, Batista's was different. Dave did a good one. It was different. Uh, obviously, The Rocks was different. You know, I never. You know, if a guy, as we spoke on one of the earlier episodes, if a guy didn't get his legs, if he didn't wrap his legs around you, if his legs were left inside. They all stunk. Everybody that tried to do one and the guy that he was giving it to kept their legs inside. It was terrible. You know, of the one of the greatest workers of all time, Barry Wyndham, 
we worked that title match. And if you go back and look at it, I hit Barry with that spine buster and he had his legs inside and he kind of fell away from me as we rotated and started down. There was some separation. If you can picture that instead of being chest to chest tight and it looked God awful. Barry Wyndham was one of the greatest workers in the world. It never occurred to me to say, here, Barry, here's what I need for this spine buster. Just assuming that he could do everything. But he had never taken one. And in that match, there was one that just looked terrible. And for me to say Barry Wyndham did anything that looked terrible is almost ludicrous. But it actually, that was an occasion where it did not look good. You know, if there's one thing Arn Anderson knows about, it's kicking ass. And uh, if you want to be an ass kicker, you've got to stay in the gym. And that's what Arn has sort of preached on the podcast here. Even during all the changes that we've had this year. That was the biggest challenge for him. And if you've been looking for a fun way to get the whole family motivated to be active and fit, you have got to try fight camp. Fight camp is an at home boxing and body weight workout taught by real fighters. And it's made for all levels from first time boxers to seasoned fighters. Fight camps, punch tracking sensor allows you to track your progress and is great for motivation, competition, and community. You can connect with the Fight Camp community on Facebook. There's over 4,000 members there. You can even enter challenges, share your successes, and talk through hardships with others online. You can even access a leaderboard for a little healthy competition. And I got to tell you, it's uh, it's no shock to me that Fight Camp is so popular amongst professionals because uh, if you're in that career-oriented atmosphere where everybody's sort of jockeying for position, competition runs rampant through your office anyway. This is a nice way to blow off some steam and have a little fun. And why not make the workout fun? See, Fight Camp brings the boxing gym to you with a mix of cardio and conditioning for a full body workout. By the way, it comes with all the gear you need. You're going to get the best freestanding punching bag on the market, great boxing gloves, quick hand wraps, and their unique punch tracking sensors that show you real-time progress and stats on any iOS device. We should also mention that If you're new to boxing, their 12-week starter program teaches you the fundamentals of boxing while you still get a great workout every time. There's even access to more than 400 different workouts for all fitness levels and skills with four new ones every single week. And that's a big deal. You you don't need to be overwhelmed by this. You can even try Fight Camp workouts for free. Just download the Fight Camp app and select the workout of your choice. This is a great way to sort of test your trainer. You can even buy now and pay later. You can use a firm financing to get your gym right away and make easy monthly payments. And the gym is yours to keep at the end of your term. If you're approved for financing, you're going to pay less than a hundred bucks a month, which is way cheaper than almost every boxing gym I've ever heard of. Plus you save on the commute time and gas. This doesn't get any easier. And since you can have up to five accounts per household, you essentially get a boxing gym for the whole family at just under 20 bucks a person. Fight Camp offers flexible financing for as low as 0% APR. And right now is a limited time offer. You can try Fight Camp for 30 days with their money back guarantee. Just go to joinfightcamp.com slash arm. That's right. Try Fight Camp for 30 days. And if you don't love it, they'll refund your money, train like a fighter, and turn your sweat into results. To try Fight Camp for 30 days, just go to joinfightcamp.com slash arn. That's joinfightcamp.com slash arm. Tell you, you'd be glad you did. Let's uh, let's do another one here. 
and this is about, you know, and I know that we like talking about the old school. This is pretty old school and maybe a little controversial because of who's involved. Ben wants to know, did you enjoy your short stint in Smoky Mountain Wrestling? And do you have any good Jim Cornette stories from that era? Yeah, I love my stay over there. Um, number one, it was something different. Getting to go over there and work with Bobby and the Midnight Express and, and the Rock and Roll Express. I mean, who wouldn't enjoy that? And Jimmy already had an idea for the old, old, old school angle of putting me under the sheet and it being a surprise. And, you know, as silly as that may sound for that era, it absolutely, for wrestling fans, diehard wrestling fans, they no more knew that was me underneath that sheet than the man, the moon, who was, I'd never been part. I'd always been in wars with the rock and roll express, right? Never been a partner. And, uh, Cornette was just so good on the mic. You know, once we shot the angle and had the fight and now they started building towards the show, which I think was the next week or two weeks after that. And I got to do some promos supporting, the match coming up, which was a six man, um, uh, with the midnights and, and us and rock and roll. And they had a partner, I think might've been, would it have been Dutch Mantel maybe as the third guy? I don't recall. We'll watch that one day as a bonus though, for sure. That'll be, that'll be fun to watch that whole angle. That'll be cool. Cause it really was fun. And I enjoyed, I enjoyed working for Jimmy and the crowds were good. And it was, you know, something I could drive over from Charlotte and back home. And so it was, it was a win-win. I really enjoyed it. Let's talk about Jim Cornette. He's, uh, he's pretty, been pretty vocal at times about your, uh, current employer, AEW, and, and he's not always a fan, but everybody has a right to their opinion. And some people sort of freestyle that, well, that's what he's looking for. He's looking to be controversial and contrarian, but you've got to have some fun Jim Cornette stories from back in the day, right? Well, just, you know, Jimmy, Jimmy was Jimmy and, uh, you know, he would, he, he would to this day speak his mind, no matter what the consequences. Yeah. And, you know, there was one time I was driving and, uh, Dennis was, was driving. I think we're in Dennis's Lincoln or something. And it was Dennis driving and, Jimmy was sitting in the back with me and Bobby was in the front and Jimmy said something. Now we're going down the interstate, I think probably doing 75 or 80 and Jimmy could clarify exactly if he wants to remember this or not at what was said, but he popped off something and I could tell Dennis was, was just getting pissed and I could just tell he just was kind of cutting his eyes back towards the back seat. And, uh, I think he actually even warned him, said something about, Hey Jimmy, you know, we're just, just, just take it easy. Just let it go. Whatever it was that Jimmy was harping on. And he said something else in a couple of minutes. And Dennis just turned around and reached in the back and snatched Jimmy by the collar and almost pulled him in the front seat. Now he's still driving 80 miles an hour. Right. And just, said something, barked at him something and let Jimmy go. And he sunk back in the seat and was one of those deep gulp moments. 
and I guess it had happened talking to Bobby Eaton. You know, we got pretty quiet in the car there for the rest of the trip. When we got there, I went, Bobby, what in the hell? That was pretty serious. That would have broke up a lot of teams, you know? Right. It was it was that physical. Uh, but he said, Orn, they do it all the time. No big deal. And I guess it's just Cornette speaking his mind, and, and I've always known him to be that guy. Now, the difference was back then you had a locker room full of guys. It was a locker room mentality. The F-bomb was said every other word. Cursing was said every other word. The language was terrible, but it was just part of the culture. You know, it was just, it was what it was, and we were a closed set. We're a bunch of traveling gypsies, and we kept it all contained within our world. And that's why it it never offended anybody. It was no big deal. It's just part of what we did. In today's world, with, with all the things going on, with Twitter and everybody having a camera phone and all that, and once you have an opinion and you you post it out there, it lives forever. Take it down if you want to. This is my understanding. But everybody's already got it recorded and got a snapshot of it and a picture of it. And your comments live forever. So you got to be careful what you see and what you say, you know, in today's world and think about it before you say it. Uh, Jimmy was just a guy that I don't think he was afraid of anybody. He got into some arguments with Nikita and, you know, Nikita at the time was probably 280 pounds, but Jimmy wouldn't back down. I've never known him to back down, you know, from an argument and, and, uh, that's just the way he is. And, uh, he's got balls for days, you know, that could be your own, your epitaph, <laughs> own your epitaph, maybe one of these days, but run across the wrong argument, but who knows? Well, I'll tell you, I know that, uh, you know, we get some, some rather mean tweets about Jim every now and again. And I've always had a great time with Jim. He's always been very nice and polite and respectful to me. And, and I treat people how they treat me. And I listen to his, his drive through episode. He's got two podcasts every week. And back when things were a little more normal and I was having to travel for work in one capacity or another every week, it was like my go-to podcast. So, uh, I, I, I dig what he's doing and he's always entertained me. So. I'm glad to hear that you had good experiences as well. Yeah, I mean, Jim and I, when it's t- we have we share these same fundamentals. You know, wrestling business is is really just this simple. You go out and you try to make an audience like one group or one opponent and dislike the other. It's supposed to be good versus evil. Tell a story that makes sense that gets you there. And then go out and perform. And if you're going to be a top guy, perform at a high level, you know, and make everyone, any doubters go, well, he's there because he belongs there. That's where he should be the top guy, you know, and that's why the Midnight Express were on top for so long and so successful for so long was, you know, anybody that wanted to knock them, I just said, hey, go out, outperform them. You want their spot? Take it away. And nobody was able to do that. Because they had all the components, they had the work rate, they had the looks. Jimmy had the, you know, as good a promo as anybody out there, and could tell stories better than anybody out there, and make you want to kill the guy. That was his job, and he never wavered. In today's world, you gotta look at everything independently, and before you, 
you know, it's like what I was brought up on, what I thought was a great wrestling match and what is a great wrestling match today and perception of what the audience wants are probably two different things. But the one thing I'm teaching myself to do is I've got to evolve and go along to get along. And if I can't add something positive to what uh, I'm seeing out there, then I just keep my mouth shut. And, you know, that's my mentality, and that's how I'm able to still function, you know, with a bunch of 25-year-olds. I hope that's the case, and and always tell the truth as you see it. And uh, that's it, but I never had a crossword with Jimmy about anything. JT has an interesting question, and I'm, I'm sure you're going to have an interesting answer. He says, years from now, when people look back at the wrestling business, how will Vince McMahon be viewed? Was he ultimately good for the business, or did he do more harm than good? Well, it depends on what seat you're looking at. Are you, are you looking at it from a fan seat, or are you looking from a wrestler's seat or you know it just depends your view did he revolutionize the business as far as expanding it to having children and females and and hordes of them as fans and you know all the marketing the marketing genius that he is yes did he take the one product that those of us as wrestlers put above everything else, the Holy grail, the reason we all want to do this as children is the wrestling part, the bell to bell action. He has put on a back burner as being one of the least important things. And, uh, for a guy like me, once I got into business, as much as I loved it and figured out I'd made the right choice, my goal was not to be the world heavyweight champion. My goal was not to be the highest paid guy in the business. But what I did want to be is I wanted to be one of the best workers in the business, a guy that could go out there with anybody on any given night and at least keep you interested for the duration of that match and make it make sense and be a guy that I, that every other guy on the other side of the fence wanted to work with because I was safe. I was good at what I did and, uh, we could go out and, and do what we intended to do and that's have fun. And that's, that's the part that's missing. You can't send a guy through the curtain on raw with three minutes and expect him to go sell, tell a story, get the product over, get himself over, and accomplish all those things in three minutes. Can't be done. And then turn around and blame the producer or blame the talent because it's an impossibility. He just doesn't put any value, and he's just now, from what I'm hearing, I don't watch the product anymore, but isn't he allowing them to use the word wrestlers and wrestling? Yeah, I think that's been used a little more than maybe it was once upon a time. Five years ago, you'd have got canned if you did that more than once. So just remember this for pro wrestling fans, and don't be ashamed to say you're a pro wrestling fan. I sure am not ashamed to say it, but uh, it's not sports entertainment. 
This is not Saturday Night Live. It's a wrestling show. Let the guys and the girls do what they do best. Go perform and give them enough time to do it. Hey, man, want to make this the best summer ever? What if you could get rid of your credit card debt and lower your monthly payments by five, six, seven, even 800 bucks a month? But what if the little cherry on top was no house payments for two months? That's right. No payments in August or September. You're done until October. And come October, you're going to have a better mortgage. But don't take my word for it. Ask Kenneth in Hazel Green, Kentucky. He says, all I was trying to do was refinance down to 10 years in order to set me up for retirement without a mortgage payment. After telling First Family what I wanted, not only did they get me a shorter term, but they were able to reduce my payment and cut my interest rate in half. I could not be more satisfied with the process and the outcome. If you're looking to get out of debt faster and with cheaper monthly payments, and maybe even get rid of all your credit card debt, man, you've got to go to SaveWithConrad.com. You don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket. Even credit scores in the 500s can qualify. And because we're licensed in more than 40 states, we can help more families than ever before. So what are you waiting for? Find out how much money you can save right now for free at SaveWithConrad.com. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lender. That's SaveWithConrad.com. Let me ask, when, when you have a gripe about time specifically, do you think that is more of Kevin Dunn's vision of wrestling that it needs to be fast? Is that Vince's vision? Is it feedback they're getting that, Hey, this audience, you know, it's, uh, it's the Twitter society. It's instant gratification. You've got to be quick. If you're going to keep those quarter hours strong or whatever, you've got to have movement. We can't have I'll, I'll, every match be multiple segments because occasionally we do see you know, a match on raw or SmackDown that would span a couple of segments and get, get, maybe even get a couple of breaks, but that is more the exception than the rule. Do you think some of that is Kevin Dunn? I mean, ultimately it's all Vince's call. I get that, but who do you think is the, the major influence in these three and five minute matches? Whoever did their, uh, research. And I put that in parentheses and took their polls and, get all that behind the scenes stuff that they need a hundred people working for the company to come up with. They figured out a six minute time span is about all the audience is good for. They're ready to switch channels. Well, that, that six minute thing. Yeah. Well, that, that looks good until you take entrances out of that six minutes. And then you take exit time aftermath posing in the ring another minute. So if I did my math, right, that six minutes now became what three minutes, right? We're back to that time that, that three minute deal. Um, and the thing about it is when you give every match, because that's the brilliant thing that you came up through all your research, when you have every match go six minutes, then it starts to look pretty uniform. And it's a bunch of matches that don't have enough time except ding, 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 hurry, 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 run through a couple spots and get to your finish. There's no story there. And some of those guys you're talking about that get the, the two segment matches, Conrad, later on in the show, when those guys have already been seen twice during the show and then you give them the two segments, it's probably too much exposure. 
Let's get to another question. I think this one comes to us from a referee. His profile photo has him wearing some stripes. It's Dennis Law. And he says, Who was Arn's favorite referee to work with, both as a wrestler and an agent? What does Arn look for in a good referee? Well, Tommy Young was a good referee. Um, and that was a time where Tommy did every match on the card back in those days on live events. Uh, Charles Robinson, very good referee. Nick Patrick, excellent referee. Uh, Mike Kilda was a good referee. Um, Chad Patton, very good referee. And uh, those guys did a great job. I'm sure there's some guys that I'm leaving out, not intentionally, but those are the ones that come to mind. I can't believe this is a question, Arn. Jimmy wants to know, and I don't know why he wants to know, Boxers or briefs? If I had my druthers, I'd be naked. All righty. That's an answer I wasn't expecting. But briefs. Do you, um, nope. I'm going to let that one go. Uh, Roger wants to know funniest fail Shockmaster or Titus O'Neill sliding under the ring. At the uh, greatest Royal rumble. Well, for the longest time, the shock master set the, the precedent just because of all the stuff surrounding it, only continuing with the promo. Even after the guys took a bump and his hats rolled off, he's still doing, I am the shock master that held first place for the longest time. But I think the Titus O'Neill thing is now officially in first place. I'm just glad that the guy got his head ducked enough. Oh. You know, there's a, there's a steel rail runs across there that if he'd hit it, you know, he's a big stout dude. It's, it killed him. Yeah. It's hard to imagine. I mean, I don't, uh, next time they flip the ring skirt up, take a look, you'll see what we're talking about, but the way the canvas is tied down, it's not tied down around foam. It's tied down around rock solid, heavy ass takes a lot of guys to get it into the building steel. And if you just run wide open head first, 280 pounds with a, with full of steam into that, that's, uh, that's not going to end. Well, you're going to have a real medical situation live on pay-per-view. You want to know the truth? God looked after him that day. Yes. It's the only way you can account for it. Cause he was running full speed. And when he tripped, he fell full speed. He went through the air like Superman for just a millisecond full speed and him landing and going. If you look there, like you said, there's not much clearance. He just had to have hit and skidded under it. God was pushing his head down. That's the only rationale I can come up with. Let's do something a little more lighthearted. Dan Dean wants to know, everyone seems to have a Tommy wildfire rich impression. Does Arn have one? Tommy was just funny. I mean, if you've ever talked to him, he's real Southern. He when not in the locker room, he's he's uh, getting ready to go to the go to the ring, and he was working with Stan Hansen. And uh, we had just came out of the ring. We we're sitting there cooling off, and uh, he just. You know, Stan Hansen has that reputation of is if you survive, you won. 
Stan, uh, Stan was a big, rugged dude, and to this day, I'm sure he still is. And so Tommy's sitting there, he's pulling up his tights and his knee pads, and he just looked around the room, just kind of in general, and he said, somebody tell mom and them babies I'm working with Stan Hassan. I may never be home. <laughs> the whole locker room popped. Oh my God. Liam wants to know what were your impressions of your ECW experience? We've answered this a few different ways where you talked about all the craziness that Sabu was going to do. And you had a great anecdote there. Do you think if circumstances were different, you could have had an extended run there or by that time was that style and that sort of renegade sort of spirit of professional wrestling, uh, in your rearview mirror? I couldn't, I couldn't have contributed with that company because, you know, I don't have the mindset or the skill set to fall out of the ceiling and all the dangerous stuff that they did each and every night, you know, kudos to those guys. They're obviously tougher than hell, you know, cause they half kill their bodies, but they, some of the bumps that I've seen on the television show and the clips and the old stuff and, and how they put their bodies out there. And I, I was a wrestler, you know, and I would go in and give you a 20 minute wrestling match and give me a microphone i would uh explain my loss or really really uh goat how good i was uh if i won and uh that's what i did i was a wrestler and i uh, came from our era of wrestlers I, I wasn't qualified to work for ecw and do all that that crazy blood and gut stuff that they did many kudos to them much respect to the guys that did it was not my style at all. Three more questions. Then we'll wrap this one up. Uh, Savo wants to know any plans on writing another book. Now he says a book but should remind everybody that gosh, probably 22, 23 years ago, you wrote a book, uh, but it was largely written before your career was over before you worked for WWE again, in a backstage capacity and maybe even a little bit in character. Would you consider writing a second book? No, and I'll tell you why. Uh, you know, when I say when I signed my uh, agreement, when I left the non-compete or whatever it was called, um, and uh, I got my severance package. One of the uh, one of the no-nos as to receiving the severance package was that I didn't write a tell-all book. And so if I'm not, if I was going to tell a book, if I was, excuse me, if I was going to write a book, it would have to be one that uncovered all the dirt and told all the stories and all that. And the fact that I signed that document that said I couldn't write it, I can't write it. And if I was going to write it, it would be one of those that, that would be jaws dragging the ground for the rest of the century. The stuff I've seen, the stuff I've heard is unbelievable. I'm just not legally in a position to put it in book form or even really talk about it. So that stuff I'll just keep to myself and uh, 
it'll go into the urn with me and the uh, and the ashes. In the urn, 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 urn. That's the one. Urn Anderson. Uh, two more questions, and we'll wrap things up. This is a little more lighthearted. Matt wants to know. Let's say you've got to go on a couple's vacation. Who could you or would you least like to vacation with, and why? Out of the following: Conrad and Megan, Tony and Lois, Eric and Lori, Bruce and Stephanie. Well, you would be my first pick to go with. Well, because nobody wants to go anywhere with Tony Schiavone on purpose. Tony, Tony would probably be the least. I don't know Bruce's wife whatsoever. Eric and, uh, I know, I know pretty well, but I don't know his wife well enough that my wife would jail with either one of them. Megan and Aaron would be a piece of cake. Although if I could have two positive votes, I wouldn't mind just sitting on Aruba and watching Tony get browbeat. That would be fun now that you think about it. Having a front row seat, Tony's evisceration could be fun. Because you got to know that Lois, just on any given day, has at least a dozen things about Tony that she would like to stab him with an ice pick over. Yeah, I would agree. It, I knew the answer just because I knew Megan and, and Aaron have been friends for a long time. And obviously, Aaron's tight with Ashley and. There's just a lot of familiarity there, but having a front row seat to Tony and Lois, that's, you can't beat that. No, no, I don't think so. And I think everybody thinks that this is some made up shtick between the two. I got to figure it's all legitimate. Oh no, it is. It's a hundred percent. And, uh, that's why we love them. Last one. Then we'll wrap this week up. Z man wants to know who gave you the pitch to come to AEW. Uh, Cody got a hold of me. Said we're doing, uh, you know, I was I was just going to kind of wander off into uh, personal appearances and uh, uh, comic cons and have Tony Hunter book me around the world for for however long I felt like I wanted to do anything, and then I was just going to go home and and hang out. And uh, he got a hold of me. He says, "Hey, we got." We got some exciting stuff going on here. Uh, I would love for you to be a part of it. I think you can uh, bring a lot to the table. It's going to kind of be a kind of different concept. You would be with me as my head coach, and I had to think about that one for a second, just going about through history and the history I have with the family and me always being the antagonist to his brother and his father, and I went, that's an interesting concept, but love to apply myself and get creative again, see if we can make this work. And uh, met Tony and uh, and the guys and uh, everybody else that worked there, and it was such a just such a great group of people, and everyone was walking around smiling and happy and thankful and having a good time, and it was like uh, the old days. And uh, I decided I'd love to do this for for a while yet long as I'm able to contribute and, and, uh, earn my way, then I'd love to give it a try. And so things evolved the way they did. And, uh, I'm proud to say I'll be with them for a while yet to come. 
Well, we hope you'll be with us next week when we cover SummerSlam 2010. On top, it is Nexus versus Team WWE. Team WWE is R Truth, John Morrison, John Cena, Daniel Bryan, Edge, Chris Jericho, and Bret Hart. They're taking on Darren Young, David Otunga, Heath Slater, Justin Gabriel, Michael Tarver, Skip Sheffield, and Wade Barrett. That's your main event. Seven on seven. A super long match, too. 35 minutes and change. We also get Kane and Rey Mysterio for the World Heavyweight title. Randy Orton working with Sheamus for the WWE Championship. Big Show is going to be in a handicap match against the Straight Edge Society, which is CM Punk, Joey Mercury, Luke Gallows. Molina will be working with Alicia Fox for the Divas Championship. And Dolph Ziggler is going to be working with Kofi Kingston for the Intercontinental title. It's all things SummerSlam 2010. That's coming your way next week. Don't you dare miss it. And don't forget, you can get all of these shows early and ad-free over at adfreeshows.com. And we've got some phenomenal bonus content, including an up-close and personal account of what really happened between Vader and Paul Orndorff. Arn was there in the locker room when it all went down. We also watched wrestling with Arn. We saw him and Tully win the tag titles when Lex Luger would be turned on by Barry Windham as Barry would be joining the four horsemen. Of course, Dusty got a beat down for his troubles as well. Then we saw a very rare title shot from Arn Anderson where he got the challenge against Barry Windham at Slamboree 93. We think it's his only title shot that he got on TV or pay-per-view. And then, of course, regrettably, we watched Arn lose the TV title, his version of the world title, if you will, to the renegade at Great American Bash 95. But we just had a lot of fun. It's posted now. It's War Games 1987 over at adfreeshows.com. You don't want to miss it. You can get all these shows early and ad-free at adfreeshows.com. And don't forget next week, it's all about SummerSlam 2010. If you've got a question, follow us on Twitter. It's at The Arn Show. And uh, we'll be back next week and every week on Tuesdays. It's Arn only on Westwood One. All right, listen up. If I had a pro tip for you where in just a couple of minutes, you could save a boatload of cash and make your life a whole heck of a lot easier. With no money out of pocket, would you do it? Of course, I'm talking about SaveWithConrad.com. Just ask Bruce up in Warren, Michigan. He went to savewithconrad.com, saved a boatload of cash, left us a five-star review, and here's what he had to say. Our experience from start to finish was fantastic. My wife Kelly and I had never gone through a refi before and didn't know what to expect. David and Jennifer answered all of our questions quickly, thoroughly. Now we have the ability to pay off our credit cards and make improvements to our home, like new windows, a new furnace, and a new air conditioner. The big plus is we'll have the mortgage paid off before we retire. Thanks to the whole team for making our dreams a reality. And no, thank you, Bruce. We appreciate your listening to the podcast and, of course, your faith and confidence in me to go to SaveWithConrad.com. Now, if you're listening to me and you're thinking, man, I'd like to pay my house off faster and with cheaper monthly payments, and it might be nice to skip my next two house payments, but what if at the same time I could make some home improvements around the house and upgrade some stuff turn my house into my dream home with no money out of pocket listen i know that sounds too good to be true but it really is reality we're routinely helping our podcast listeners in more than 40 states now keep more of their own money and make life a little easier we can do this for you too now even with credit scores in the 500 it's no cost no obligation and man if we can't save you money we won't waste your time so what are you waiting for get a quick quote right now at savewithconrad.com NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lender. 
And oh, by the way, no house payments for two months. That's right. You won't have to make your August or your September payment. You're done until October 1st. Find out how much money you can save right now for free at savewithconrad.com. There's no better time to say I love you and the most hated jeweler in America is at it again. You've heard us say I hate stevensinger.com and you've heard us rave about his famous roses. But Steven Singer has been selling diamonds and bridal jewelry for four decades. Whether you have someone or something to celebrate, Steven is there for you. Ready to take the next step? Steven has a ready for love engagement ring collection that is no hassle, no risk, expertly picked engagement rings that are ready to go. Don't worry, Steven won't let you mess this up. He's been selling online for over two decades, but recently he's kicked everything up a notch to better serve his friends and guests online. Steven has real expert jewelers on staff and on call to help you find the perfect ring or gift through a new virtual video appointment, a call, a text, a chat, an email, and all of this with extended hours. On top of that, he offers the best guarantee in the business with a full 100 day, 100% money back guarantee and free shipping. Interest-free financing is available online too. And that's just the beginning gifts that say, I love you every single day, backed with decades of experience in the comfort of your own home. It's easy. Just go to, I hate fast, free and safe shipping. Of course, it's Steven Singer jewelers. That's I hate Get your Arn gear at arnshirts.com and check out boxagimmicks.com, the official store of the Arn Show, where you can find gimmicks for the Arn fan in your life. New items added weekly. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra? I think I can get an extra five to ten. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B L E A V on YouTube or wherever you listen.